to Maranatha Christian Assembly Podcast, where we bring you the Word of God wherever you are. We pray that you be blessed by God's Word this week. pray shall we lord we just want to thank you for your word today lord lord as you use me to uh, bring forth your word lord lord may it be anointed one lord and lord may our ears and our heart and our eyes be open to receive your word lord as this morning we just want to come before you to get to know you more and get to hear your voice more in jesus most powerful name we pray amen all right so Update, update. Okay, so my family look like this right now. So cute, right? Yeah. So you can see the little one's like, is this a camera or this is a phone? A bit lost. But yeah, my family has uh, grown from uh, two to three to four, now five. And uh, yes, there's a little cute one somewhere at the back. So today, Don is the babysitter. Yeah. Thank you so much, Don. <laughs> and uh, this is how she looked like four days old. Yeah, couldn't take the picture when she was uh, just born. Uh, but we managed to take a picture when she was four days old. And then, four months passed really fast, right? So this is how she looked like in four months old. Oh, so cute, right? My goodness, I do not know how she put on so much weight. <laughs> she gets heavier every day, you know? Yeah, so we all have to take turns carrying her because she's so heavy. Yeah, I'm sorry, baby girl. <laughs> yeah. And I'm um, so, so glad that, you know... Um, she has two very wonderful siblings who love her so much. You know, my phone, like a typical parent, right? Our phone are usually filled with children's picture, correct? Okay, the reason why my phone is filled with my children's picture is because my two kids will go like, Mommy, take picture, take picture, look at Mimi, she's looking at the camera. Yeah, so, you know, every one time it's like a few shots, like 10 burst shots, you know, that kind of thing. So, it is filled and sometimes they have a vlog for themselves. Yeah, they will, you know, take my phone and then they will just take a video of their sister and then they will show me how proud they are. Yeah, so, um, so I'm very proud to have a family of five and, you know, I'm so thankful that my two kids uh, loved her. And you know what? They, they are willing to do anything for her except changing diapers. So if you can convince them, please do so. If not, they'll be perfect. All right. They are actually perfect already. Yep, so... As you know, um, as you see my family like that, you know, very joyful, very happy. It, it's a journey. Really, it's a journey. Moms, you've been through it. Dads, you've been through it. It's a journey, right? Yeah. Uh, for me, it's a, it's a rather different journey compared to the two of them. Uh, it was a journey of depression. Yeah, when I had my youngest, okay, I had a postpartum depression. I did not know it. But uh, I am so thankful. First of all, I just want to honour people who journeyed with me. Yeah, uh, you know who you are. And God placed people around me so that He can help me out of depression. And this morning, I'm sharing with you today because I want all of us to know that we can get help from God. The people He placed around us with His principles that He has given us. And on top of that, um, you can also use this to help others as well. Your journey, your life story. So, and I pray that this message will also help you to touch lives. Yeah? 
on top of this, uh, why I'm sharing is also because um, I'm doing a series of mental health with God. And this mental health series will be uploaded in our YouTube channel at Maranatha Assembly of God, uh, Christian Assembly. So, yeah, so do um, subscribe, yeah, and like our channel. Well, I now become influencer. Alright, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, so first of all, when we talk about depression, it becomes very common, right? To be honest, it's like a common flu for mental health. And uh, to be able to know what depression is, you need to understand what depression is. Now, according to World Health Organization, who, yeah, there are 5% of global population who are affected by depression. Okay? It means, right, there are 280 million people reported. These are all just reported. They are unreported ones as well, okay? But these are reported in this world that has depression in 2021. 2021. It's just last year. Now, let's see what Singapore have, okay? Based on um, the IMH, Institute of Mental Health, Singapore itself, okay, has recorded that there are 8.7% of her population of Singaporeans who are diagnosed with clinical depression. How sad is that and how common that is. Now, depression, right, just want to let us know that depression is slightly different from our usual mood fluctuations. Sometimes you can be happy one moment, sometimes you can be sad mo one moment. That's normal, alright? Okay, uh, I remember when I go to the hospital, um, Lucas had a cut on his uh, forehead and then went to brought him to an A&E and then there's this doctor and he's quite big and he's quite loud and then after that he after looking at uh, Lucas and then he goes off and he says to another nurse I'm so depressed right now then me as a clinical counselor be like oh my goodness do you know what depression really is yeah so uh, so you know just to help us understand that yes depression is a little bit different from mood fluctuation Okay, one moment you're happy, one moment you're not, that's not depressed. Okay, so what depression is, is actually, um, if you have five of the symptoms, which later I'll show you, for a consecutive two weeks or more. Alright, if you have two weeks, you have to come and, you know, um, seek for help. If you have more, you could develop a chronic depression. Any more than that, you will need medication. Alright, so to be able to understand that, right, um, depression is something that, creeps in into our life very sneakily. It's not something that hits you immediately like, oh, you know, suddenly I know I have depression. No, it doesn't. It sneaks into our life. And it grows slowly into us. And you know, we are quite a complex creature. And sometimes, right, our depression can be caused by physical, uh, physiological causes. And some of them are emotional, yeah? You know, interesting thing, a lot of people think our emotions are here, right? Yeah. I feel here. Scientifically, we know that our emotions are here, alright? It's part of our brain, it's part of our system. And you know, emotions are not separated uh, from our bodies, it's part of us. Although we are due to, you know, uh, some of them are due to um, hormonals, Okay, so men, if you look at your wife, okay, and she is going through some PMS, please be forgiving. Okay, uh, she's not going through depression, but you know, be 
forgiving, loving, they should come out from depression. Okay? Uh, some of them are caused through um, childbirth. Uh, some of them are uh, menopause. Okay, guys can have it as well. Alright? So, uh, some, these are physiological. But, when unresolved, they can become a mental health issue. There are also emotional issues as well. Emotional triggers. Okay? Um, there are a whole bunch of triggers. Okay? And there are a whole bunch of triggers like angers, family conflicts, uh, melancholic temperament. Some people are more... Um, low in energy, okay, uh, loneliness, uh, some of them are, you know, having unbiblical self-talk, uh, misbelief of the scripture, insomnia, anxiety, excessive sleeping, and uh, interesting, right, insomnia and then you got excessive sleeping, yeah, both of them do actually contribute, some of them overwork, poor diet, a lack of exercise, so many contributions into developing uh, depression. Yeah? So if you look at yourself, be like, oh no, I tick, 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 don't worry, okay? Today's message is for you. Alright? Don't worry, don't go and diagnose yourself that I have depression right now, okay? No, 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 don't worry. But you know what? Just be aware about that because if you don't attend to them, they will lead to your maldepression and then it will slowly grow. People who do not attend to their mental health, who are not aware, okay, they grow and at its worst, okay, depression can lead to suicide. Okay, depression can lead to suicide. They have no idea what to do with their life right now. They have no more passion, nothing. Okay, and the thing is that over 700,000 people die due to suicide every year. Now, how to pick up is that when you notice a change of character in yourself or in someone else or sudden engagement, you know, one moment they're like really, really good friends for like 20 over years, 30 over years, and suddenly he or she do not talk to you. Check in with them, okay? Please reach out to them, especially for you who are going through um, self-awareness, finding out their own identity, finding out where they want to be, who they want to be, how well should they belong in this society that's so complex for them, please reach out to them. Now, I am so glad that our God gave us different gifts. Amen. Some of you have gift of discernment. Some of you have gift of mercy. Some of you have gift of hospitality, encouragement. Some of you are even more pastoral than me. Yeah? These are spiritual gifts that God has blessed all of us to build up and encourage family, friends, or even young ones who are going through depression. So, having said that, many, many great leaders, okay, great leaders went through depression. You were talking about, you know, people like Abraham Lincoln, uh, one of the greatest presidents in America. Uh, we have Mother Teresa. And today, I'm going to share with you a man in the scripture. We have a couple of guys. Okay, in the scripture, who went through depression, David was one of them. And today, Elijah is the life that I'm going to talk about. He was one of the greatest prophets and uh, spiritual heroes in the Bible. But he had a season of depression. And today, just want to let us know that 
you know what? Depression existed long time ago. They don't have, they don't have clinical counselors to help them. They don't have doctors to help them. They don't have, uh, they don't have pastoral help to help them. Who do they go to? Who do they go to? God. They go to God. And today's scripture, that big idea that I'm going to bring to us today is that we can overcome depression through God's principle and resources. We can go through depression, can overcome it through God's principles and resources. Let me start out with this. Okay, Romans chapter 8, verse 35 to 37. If you have Bible, swipe to your Bible um, with us. Uh, so odd to not say flip the Bible anymore. Swipe the Bible. Okay, now let's read this, okay? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardships or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. Verse 37. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. Church, tell the person next to you that you are a conqueror. Amen. You are a conqueror. Tell them until they really believe it. Alright? Make sure it drills right inside them. Now, it is indeed nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. And because of His love, He has made us conqueror. In our mental health, in our challenges, in every hardship we go through. His love is so strong that He can pull you out from your trouble. So strong He can pull you out from your hardships, your vulnerability that leads you to depression. It is because of His love in us. His amazing love we are more than conquerors. Let's delve into 1 Kings 19. What it meant to be conquerors in depression. So earlier on, I mentioned there's a prophet we would like to draw our attention to the scripture this morning. His name is Elijah. Yeah? His name is Elijah. When it comes to Elijah, what comes to your mind? Here's a great prophet. has not seen death, Right? He's this amazing man of faith. But in verse 19, we are going to talk about um, his depression. Now, before we look into his, first of all, right, we have to first identify the symptoms of depression. Earlier on, I mentioned, you know, how do you know if you have one? All right? Just to check in with all of us, okay, emotions, happy sad, angry, afraid, they are not bad emotions, okay? When somebody's afraid, don't tell them they are bad, they are faithless. No, don't tell them that, okay? Those are gifts, all right? But it's not something you should dwell in for a long time. Now, emotions, right, is one of the most significant parts of what it meant to be a person created in the image of God. Image, emotions that God placed in each and every one of us is the greatest resources that He gave us. 
it God himself displayed an array of emotions, right? If you look in Deuteronomy chapter 29, verse 27, he says, you know, God was angry because the people disobeyed. He, in Genesis, he says God was sorrow, he was so sad. And then in Psalms, God takes pleasure. And then we even see that hey, God is also jealous, you know? Yeah? God has all this. You mean that God is a bad God? No, He's not. These emotions are really good for us because it reflects the deepest thoughts of what we are thinking and it serves as a warning system which may indicate our biological or physiological system that has gone haywire. Alright? If you are afraid because you fear your actions may cause God to be upset, then yes, that is a good fear. But if you're afraid and you're constantly afraid that God's promises is for you but you don't dare to go over because you see so many troubles right in front of you, that is not a healthy fear. Now, in Elijah, okay, we can see right at the starting point in verse 4, straight away he said this, you know, Elijah had this really, really um, anxious moment. Alright? And if you look all the way you know, she, he, was, he was, you know, after this whole entire beautiful moment that he had at Mount Carmel, at verse 18. You know, at verse 18, at Mount Carmel, what happened? There was a fight between God and Baal, right? And Baal obviously lost. You know, if you see soccer, they lost big time. Okay, God knocked him out big time. That's how it is like. Okay, you know what? Elijah was dead was that vessel to bring forth that great miracle to show all his people, all God's people, that God is powerful. It was this glorious moment. Then you hit verse 19. As you read, wow, Jezebel was after him. The people went back to worshipping Baal. And then you see, he had one very strong statement. He said, I had enough, Lord. Take my life. Take my life. I am no better than my ancestors. You know, this sentence is a sentence of depression. The moment somebody said, take my life, it's a very, um, it's a red flag for all of us that, hey, he's hitting a depression. And it's a major depression. You know, in 18, he has this wonderful moment. He was at his high and now he's down. When we look at our life, have you ever felt like Elijah before? One moment we have like, wow, God's promise is upon us. Wow, God's, God's goodness was upon us. And then suddenly it felt that, hey, what happened? A sudden emptiness. You know, when you see discouragement, when you work, then you see your colleagues disappoint you, your boss disappoint you, and then you got fear, you got stress, you got this trauma that compound all together, and it drains you out mentally. And it's so tiring, physically, emotionally, and next moment, you feel that I need to withdraw myself. Next moment, you have this Elijah moment. I had enough, Lord. Enough with this life. Take me, Lord. Today, I'd like to ask you, ask each and every one of you, has God bestowed us a wonderful gift, our emotions? This morning, check our heart, check our feelings today. 
How are you feeling today? Ask yourself, how are you feeling this week? Have I been feeling very, very tired? Have I feel, been feeling very sad and easily angered? This whole entire week, how have I been feeling? How are you feeling today? Here are some common uh, symptoms of depression. If you have experienced five or more, all right, out of this few, um, you are probably going to develop depression. All right, I'll not go through the whole entire list. It will be sent to you on YouTube. Go like and click the channel, all right? But you will be able to see, okay? If you have more than five, it's time to seek help, all right? Even before five, it's good to talk to your friends about it. It's good to talk to your pastor about it because the severity of depression grows as the number increase. If you have two or three, don't be alarmed. Don't say, oh, yeah, I got depression already. Okay, don't worry. You are safe. You're still safe, okay? Just talk to somebody. Talk about your feelings. It's good to talk about it, okay, before it grows and becomes severe. So, during my first month um, of depression, I did not know I had it, okay? I was very exhausted. I mean, I just have a kid. Yeah, I just lost my mother-in-law. And, and, uh, and we are in the midst of a renovation, getting our house done. So it was a compound work. And it was driving us, uh, driving me, uh, really, really exhausted. And I was easily disappointed as well. Yeah, very, very easily disappointed. When I checked myself, I was very irritated. I was very low, you know, when people try to make me laugh, be like, okay lah, you know, not funny, but okay lah, I'll mention, mention, you know, some, sometimes do we do that? Yeah, you just, yeah, yeah, sometimes we do that, you know, they will make a very, very nice, funny joke, and then you see everybody laugh, and then you're like, funny man, yeah, okay, alright, sometimes it's not your problem, right? maybe, maybe the joke is not funny, uh. okay, but sometimes you do feel that after a few times, then you realise, hey, I need to check in with myself, alright, um, I feel worthless, honestly. I enjoy working. I enjoy serving you guys. But the moment I went into maternity, I was lost, you know. I was so lost. I remember I was, you know, I was texting the, the pastoral chat group and I remember Pastor Alvin, I think Cheryl was there. Said, they were like, go and rest, please. Please don't text back to us. Please go and rest. So I'm like, okay, okay, okay. I'll go and rest. And you know, the sense of being wanted is gone. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, in depression, that can be very real. Yeah. I mean, sometimes it doesn't occur to me that my baby wants me or my family wants me, you know, the household wants me. All I could think of is like, oh, you know, if I work, then the world will want me. Yeah, sometimes we find things at the different places and the wrong places as well. So that's where the worthlessness starts to sneak in as well. Yeah, and I was also unable to connect uh, emotionally with my loved ones as well. Yeah, so... Um, I am actually highly intuitive with my emotions. So when, during my first two weeks, I started to check. And I started to do a checklist. And before uh, I knew, I finished my checklist, I knew I had it. I knew I had it, yeah. So first thing, identify. So when I know I had it, I know what to do with it. If you do not know what you have, you do not know what to do. Yeah? 
So it's good to know what you have, how you're feeling. It's very important. And so you know some people say, um, how are you feeling? I'm fine. Hello, what's fine? Is fine good or bad? Uh? Some people bad also fine, you know. They're, they're so comfortable with being sad and angry and depressed all the time. Yeah, and that's not fine for us. Yeah. So be really honest with your feelings. Yeah. If you're happy, say, I'm happy. If you're sad, say, I'm feeling pretty down today. Be really honest with yourself. When I was checking, I do have it. So what do I do? The next step. Yeah, the next step I did. Okay. It's to check in and surrender. This is what Elijah did. All right. Elijah surrendered and rest. Let's go back to the scripture. And if you notice in verse 5, yeah, Elijah was really running away. Remember that? Okay. He was busy running away. Church, sometimes we're so busy running away from our problems. Yeah, we want to escape that anger. We want to escape the problems. Elijah was busy running away from death. Was busy running away because he was disappointed. Busy running away because he was afraid. Now, he was so busy. Busyness can lead to danger. Here, he was busy being disappointed with who? Being disappointed with the people. He was also busy being angry with God. He was carrying all those emotional baggage as he ran and ran and ran till his body was exhausted. Now, look at this beautiful moment when Elijah came to God. Okay, he knew he could not take it anymore. He told God in verse 4 that prayer. He said, I had enough. How many of us told God we have enough? He said, I have enough. Because he was extremely tired. You know what he did? He surrendered it to God. Yeah, he surrendered it to God. And God took over. God took over. Check this out. Okay, the moment Elijah surrendered to God, God bestowed rest. What did God do? He let Elijah rest. Slept. And then fed him again. And then let him rest again. And then feed him again. And then let him rest again. You see in verse 5, let him rest. Verse 6, feed him. And then let him rest again. All the way. Yeah. Again and again and again. You do notice this? God did not go and say, okay, Elijah, I'm going to kill Jezebel for you. Problem solved. No, he did not do that, right? Oh, so easy, right? God, I'm in pain. Can you like settle my boss for me? Okay, come, God will go and settle your boss for you. No, 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 no. God's not going to do that, okay? God's going to give you rest first. Okay, he knows you're tired. God's going to give you rest. Okay, he did not take his life away, right? Did he take Elijah's life away? No, he did not. Okay? Or did, did God give Elijah a super holy, fiery, Holy Spirit energy upon him? No, he did not. He let him sleep. Let him sleep. You know what? Sleep, rest, is how God bestowed a gift for all of us. It's a resource that we need for our physical body. He knows our frame. 
He knows what our body needs. And sometimes, right, we get so overworked that we forgot to take care of the temple of this Holy Spirit. Forgot to take care of this temple, the body that God has created so wonderfully for each and every one of us. God is mindful that we possess a body that must be cared for. That's why He ordained rest. He ordained Sabbath. He ordained all this for our survival and the ability to function. But we can only do so if we surrender to Him and rest in Him. Because without it, we'll continue being busy, overworking ourselves, busy pleasing our boss, busy pleasing our clients, busy with everything else except surrendering to God. So surrender yourself to God and rest and rest. So, instead of running from fear, rest in God. Tell yourself that. Write that in your notes. From running from fear to resting in God. Get that inside us. The next we are going to do is to turn our attention to God. Turn our attention to God. 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 9. You know, as the word of the Lord came to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? Because you were with me all this while, you know, you asked me this kind of question. What are you doing here, Elijah? What are you doing here, Pastor Nadia? If God asks you this question, what are you doing here? What will you say? What will you say? You know what Elijah said? Wow, very long. Very, 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 very long. Wow, he, he said, uh, wow, God asked him one sentence. He replied a couple sentences. Okay, uh, maybe one sentence with lots of comma. Okay, he says, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty, the Israelites, and rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, put your prophets to death with sword, and I'm the only one left. And now, they're trying to kill me too. How does that sound to you? What was Elijah doing? He was complaining to God. Yeah. Sometimes when God asks him, how are you? I tell you, Lord, you know, this so and so, uh, he backstabbed me at the back, you know. Oh, I tell you, uh, God, I did so much work for, for this person. And this person do this to me, that person do that to me. And then we come up to God. And then you know what? Being a Christian, right? We'd be like, wow, this is such an unholy thing, you know. Oh, so unchristian thing. Don't complain, uh, you know. Sometimes you tell yourself, don't complain, don't complain. Run. Don't complain. Bear with it. Forbearing, forbearing. Long-suffering. Sometimes we tell ourselves that, right? But you know what? Sometimes God wants us to end it up. Look at this. God did not scold him. God did not reprimand him. God listened to him. You can go up to God and complain all you like, and he will listen, sit and listen to you. He will sit and listen to you. But you know what? God don't let you complain for long, you know. Okay, God will not let you complain for long. Because in verse 11, it says, Go out and stand on the mountain, the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. 
God's going to show, God's turn to talk, right? Yeah, so we sing. You know, then a great, you know, if you read the verse, there was this powerful wind that tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. The Lord was not in the wind. And then after the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came the fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. After the fire came a gentle whisper. Very, very familiar verse for all of us. Sometimes in our pain, you know, we all know this, that God will come in a gentle whisper. We all know that God will come and stick to us and full of loving care. But sometimes in our pain, we look for God in the most dramatic manifestation to remove our pain. I have enough. Take away. Take away that pain. Get it done, Lord. You know, sometimes we wish that God will just give this, this like full power anointing so that we can do whatever we can to finish up the task that He's given to us. Take away the stress. Be this supernatural person. But you know what? God chose otherwise. He chose the gentle whisper. Larry Crabb, one of my favorite psychologists and a theologian, he said this, our primary purpose is not to use God to solve problems, but to move through our problems in finding God. You know, although God has the power to bring forth great earthquake, powerful fire, he can bring great wind, full of anointing. He can do all this. But He chose to come to you in a gentle whisper. Because He loves us. Sometimes we get fixated in the dramatic entrance of God, right? Yeah? Even though we don't go through depression, right? And sometimes we come to the altar, Lord, anoint me on the fall, I'll get slain. Then I know you're speaking to me. Sometimes you do that, right? Okay, I got confession. Uh. I did that before. Uh. Yeah. And then sometimes, you know, we look for the great stuff. Lord, you know, prophesy over me. God, tell me what my future will be. But you know what? God don't do this. He will do. He can do. But He did not do it for me. And sometimes He chose not to do it for you too. It's not that He's going to abandon you. But He has other way of helping you. God chooses to come to you in a gentle whisper to remove that pain. To come to you to give you that warmth as you seek Him deeper. You know, the best place is to really come, be in that quiet place because He's that personal God. It's where there are no more noise. It's just you and Him. There's this no more sound. It's just you and Him. And it's where you can meditate upon His Word. Experience His love. That's where you also know that it's not the pastor who's preaching and, you know, preaching you, then you're slain. Woo! But you know in that presence, God. You know in that presence, that's His anointing upon you. Amen? So turn your attention to God. Avoid the drama. Okay? Turn your attention... Don't, do not turn your attention to the drama or your problems, but to God. He will speak to you in that loving voice. He will minister to you and He will comfort you in the way you need it. He knows what you need.
after he has fully ministered to you. The beautiful part is to serve God in the next resource that God has given to us is service unto others. You know, people who have depression sleeps a lot, okay? And I also mentioned that people who have depression also have insomnia. Yeah? They're here nor there. When I look at my clients, right, most of them, okay, had these two things. Sleep a lot, do nothing. Okay? Some of us, wow, it's a bliss, huh? Sleep a lot, do nothing. I wish, right? My retirement plan, sleep a lot, do nothing. Okay? Guys, don't do that. It's depression. Okay? So instead of doing nothing, okay, you know, when, when we talk about doing nothing, right, it's not just sitting down and aimlessly doing nothing. They are doing nothing means I can switch on the TV and I do not know what the TV is talking about. The TV knows what I'm doing. More than I know what the TV is doing. Yeah. Some of us are so tired that happens to us, right? Yeah. Or sometimes when we go to work, we do not know why we go to work. We just go with the flow. It's just this emptiness, this shell. Yeah, there's this shell as we go. So that's what doing nothing to them really meant. It means I'm not doing anything purposeful. This is my point here. Instead of doing nothing, my point, five, my point four says do something. This point four says do something, and that do something means to serve God. Yeah, what better way to be active and to serve God? Amen? Yep. So tell one another, if you're approached for volunteering, please say yes. Amen? Yeah, serve God. Serve God in your capacity. See, as much as the world tries to give us different um, advices, right? Yeah, approach to um, dealing with depression, you know, by getting ourselves very busy, doing activities after activities after activities, you know, so that we will not get busy, um, uh, you know, will not feel the pain. You know what? God doesn't do that. You know, God will actually use your pain. He ministers to you and use your pain to bring that story to other people. So other people get ministered to. That's how powerful your life can be. If you look at verse 14, see, I found how God dealt with Elijah. It's really intriguing. Okay? So after the wind, the earthquake, and the fire, and the gentle whisper, and God asked him again, what are you doing here, Elijah? You know, after the encounter with God, he put his cloak over the face, recognizing that God is God Almighty. It's all stricken. Elijah came before the Lord. And you know what? He said the same thing. This time round, he wasn't complaining. This time round, with all his heart, he told God the same word he was complaining earlier. Yeah? He said, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword. I am the only one left. And now they're trying to kill me too. As he come before the Lord and bring his problems to God, you know what God told Elijah in verse 15 all the way to 17? He says, go back to the way you came and go to the desert of Damascus. When you get there, anoint Hazel, king of, over Aram, and also anoint Jehu, son of Mishi, 
king of Israel, and anoint Elisha, son of Shaphat, from Abel Meholah, to succeed you as prophet. Jehu will put to death anyone who escaped the, word, the sword of Hazel, and Elisha will put to death anyone who escaped the sword of Jehu. And then, in that moment, okay, Elijah, Elijah was refreshed. Elijah went forth and served the Lord. Church, during depression, it's so easy to get caught up in this pity party. It's so easy to get, up, get caught up being busy, running away. So easy to blame everyone else, self and God. So the more we sit and do nothing, okay, the more we are prone to overthinking of unnecessary ideology, wrong develop of um, theology, wrong develop of even our common sense. And then we continue to grow, continue to grow this depression by blaming, by being sad, by being angry, and become a person without a purpose. It is so easy to grow depression. It doesn't go, hi, I'm here, but it sneaks into us. So the best way to grow out of it, okay, the best way to grow out of it is to stop thinking and start serving. And as you serve, you will realize that it's not you who are the only one that is receiving God's goodness and God's blessing and God's love. But it also helps you to come out from depression because you're also giving and blessing others. You know the beautiful thing about serving? Serving gives people who are going through depression a sense of purpose. Of who they are and why they exist. It's the total opposite of people who are going through depression. And that is why God told Elijah to serve. God told Elijah to serve. Yeah? So, if you have nothing to do, come and serve God. Serve the people. My last point here. My last point, and it's also a very powerful point. My last point of coping depression is to grow in a community of faith. Immersing yourself in a community of faith where there's positivity, where everyone is growing to become a better person, to become more and more like Christ. This is where your support group, your small group, your church comes in and God places people around you. See, in verse 8, he says, you know when Elijah was telling and then, you know what, verse 18, sorry, verse, uh, chapter 19, verse 18, God reminded, God reminded Elijah that there are other prophets who have yet to bow down before Baal. There are untold stories of victories in this church. And as you encounter each other, you will realize that you are not alone. Elijah thought he was alone. He was going through this alone. But you know what? There are other men and women who did not bow down to bow. 
just like our church, there are men and women who went through depression and came out of that because they did not give in. They give themselves to the Lord. And when they do that, they share their stories with you and you will be spurred. That's why you have to come back to church. As I invite the worship team to come back. I experienced a very powerful I experienced a very powerful moment, you know, um, during my first month of maternity, where I was going through my depression. In our church, as I was uh, going through my depression, uh, I remembered, okay, Pastor Cho texted me during my maternity leave. Yeah. This is how powerful community is. Uh. He said, Hi, Pastor Media, how are you? You know, Pastor Show is very bubbly. Huh? Hi, Pastor Media, how are you? I miss seeing you. Oh, I miss her too. Okay, and <laughs> I wish I could text that, but no, I didn't text that. All right, and my typi- typical answer is just like everyone, what do we usually do? Exactly, I told her, I'm okay. I'm okay. Yeah. And then, you know, working with her, and she, you know, we, we chat a lot. Um, before I went to maternity leave, she knows who I am and she knows that eh, something changed. I cannot bring myself that to say that I'm good. I cannot bring myself to say I'm bad because, you know, it's hard to actually admit that I was going through a problem. And she replied, one word, really? Then I like, uh, yeah. She said, Really? You can talk to me, you know. I'm serious. I struggled so hard to talk to her, to text her back. I told myself, what should I do? What should I say? So I told her, you know what? I just be honest, uh, huh? I told her I was feeling very tired. I was feeling very low. And uh, I started to share all my feelings inside. Yeah, and it becomes... A session, a wonderful session that I could, you know, she just ministered to me. And I thank God, I thank God for a colleague like that who is part of my community. You know, some of you have actually offered your help and I'm really thankful because without your help, I'm still struggling right now. Yeah, I might not be out of depression right now. And I really want to thank you guys because you are the community. So as I end this, I just want to encourage each and every one of us to say that, you know, you are not in this alone, okay? You might not have depression, but you're feeling low for the past one week. Your boss is breathing down your neck. Your colleague is just somehow not pulling their weight, maybe. I don't know. I don't know what you're going through. But you might be struggling, you might be feeling low, you might be feeling angry and easily angst. And sometimes you tell yourself, I want to give up. Lah. I want to give up. God is there with you. All you need to do is to take that first step is to surrender and He will give you rest. And turn your eyes to God and you will see Him. Serve Him. And be in that community of faith which will spur you and draw you out from depression. Let's close our eyes.
come before the Lord. Lord, I come before you, Lord. I know I'm struggling inside. And I need your help. And I take this time to surrender to you. Lord, whatever that's in my heart, or in our hearts, Lord, Lord, let me give it to you and let you recite in our lives as you become the center and the anchor of our lives. Lord, as we commit ourselves into your hands, Lord, Lord, I pray that you minister to us with this song. Minister to us with this song. In Jesus' name I pray.